because our model is all about matching personalities to culture and less about a specific industry, I feel like we can do any industry. Um, it doesn't really matter. And so we're not letting ourselves get boxed into a specific industry. Um, and so we're careful about that. I remember when we got the first phone call for, uh, for attorney interviews, you know, uh, the law firm said, well, have you ever hired attorneys? And I said, no, but here's the deal. I know you, Ray, uh, was our customer. I said, I know your style. I know your personality. I've stayed at your home. I've met your family. I know the kind of people you'll work well with. And if you just give me the requirements of the job, I guarantee you I'll find the right, you know, we'll find the right uh, lawyer uh, to fit your firm. And so at that point, we started saying, you know what, we're not going to box ourselves in. We're going to focus on matching cultures and personalities. You just give us the job description. I don't care if it's a full stack developer from the IT field or whatever, we could do it. And so the answer, that's a long answer, but uh, the answer is all. We focus on all and we're not going to let ourselves get boxed in. You know, so you don't specialize. No, nope. but so and everybody everybody says we should, and and I always push back and go, yeah, well, right now if if somebody wants to pay us, and, and you know we're going to do a good job, and we're not going to say no to to a new customer. So you point. know, thinking about that, so for the listener that's either going like, how do I retain them to place me, mm-hmm. or for the company that's going, I'm looking for a particular skill set to fill a position. Mm-hmm. Let's dig into both of those. Yep. So, so here's the deal: most companies have a decent job description or the specs, right? The, the, let's call it the requirements. Um, hey, the, the, he has to have this degree and he's got to have this experience uh, with this sort of programming or whatever. They got, they got these specs. Doesn't matter what the industry is. What we usually say is that's great. Okay, you gave us the, the job description. Um, we have the requirements for the job. I think most recruiting firms stop right there and they say, okay, cool, we're gonna find resumes that match this job description and we're gonna shove these candidates in front of you. For us, it's really more the beginning phase. We, we get that job description and we say, okay, great, that's, that's, that's cool, we got that. Now, Steve's gonna fly out uh, to meet the CEO, spend an afternoon in the office, get to know the culture of the team, take the CEO to dinner, hopefully meet the CEO's family, get to know them so that I understand their culture and their style um, because at the end of the day, I think companies focus, or, or I think companies are successful based on the people that are in the room working together. And people can only work together if their styles and cultures have a good match. I mean, how many times have you seen a good product or a good service blow up because Bob and Johnny don't get along? Because Bob and Johnny have different styles. And so we're all about making sure that the client knows we're gonna understand your culture and your style and we're gonna fit people to match that. Any junior level recruiter can get a job description and match a resume to it. That doesn't take much talent. We take it to a whole nother level and making sure that we're matching cultures to personalities. You know, for that particular person that's looking to be placed in a particular C-suite role Mm -hmm. or in another role, what can that person expect if they engage you guys? Yeah, good question. So our process is pretty much like this. We'll, you know, if we get an engagement, We'll get all the specs, we'll we'll understand the client, we'll get to know them like I talked about. But then what we do is we'll probably put about 300 people into a bucket. And those 300 people will come from some applications, but mostly from our sourcing and hunting because of our recruiter seats in various places. And so we'll gather up about 300 people into a bucket. We'll closely screen those 
resumes and those profiles to make sure they match the job description. And then we'll set up about 50 phone screens. So they'll go through a phone screen first with us. And that phone screen phone call uh, will be really designed to say, do you have a master's degree in accounting? Or do you have, and just, we're just kind of checking the boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and do the, will you move? Do you live in the right place? Just checking the boxes on requirements and salary and where you live and all that stuff. So let's say we, we had 300 people in the bucket. We did 50 phone screens. Then we'll push them to a video interview round. And now they'll be on a video interview with me. No, no other recruiter, only former executives like myself will be doing the video interview rounds, which we think is absolutely critical. And I'll, I'll touch on that in a minute. But they'll go through the video round. And that's another 30 to 45 minutes with me. And in that phase, what I'm really trying to do is not as much about me checking their the boxes on experience. It's me understanding who they are. Do they like to hunt? Do they like to fish? Are they a marathon runner? Are they super active? Or are they, you know, what is, what's their style? Um, because I'll already know the CEO and the company and their culture because of our homework we did before. And then I'm trying to match them up that way. So that it's really a, it's really conversational, really, during the video interview. Almost every, especially the C-level guys that we interview, towards the end of the video inter- interview, several people have said, wow, like, you know, I've never, I've never been interviewed like this. <laughs> Usually it's somebody looking at a piece of paper and checking off little boxes because they're supposed to ask certain questions. We don't do that. I just have a good conversation with them, get to know them, dig their personality and their style out of them uh, so that I can figure out who they are. And in some cases, our clients want to see the video interviews. And so the client can also gauge their style and personality from the video interview before they ever go meet the client, Mm -hmm. which saves time too. And so so to, to finish answering your question, once the candidate gets the video interview round, then we'll select probably three to five what we call finalists that we will present to the client. And we'll say, all right, Mr. And Mrs. Client, we started with 300, we phone screened 50, we video interviewed 25, here are the five best. And by the way, any of these five can do the job. We're putting three to five in front of you so that you have plenty of options um, and you pick the one you want. You meet those three to five and pick the one you want. And the other great thing about having the three to five finalists, which we think all can do the job, is if they pick one and it crashes or the negotiations go bad, they can fall back on another one. Let's circle back a little bit and talk about prior to Rider Flex. Mm-hmm. You had a an extensive career yep. in retail yep. and I think middle market, yes? Yeah, I was it was all yeah, small to mid-sized companies. I, I worked for a few larger ones, but um I was an old uh, retailer and then an executive, whether it be retail or wholesale. It, it eventually became wholesale too. So you could say I'm an old, uh, I'm an old retailer that turned into a retail wholesale executive, I mm-hmm. guess, uh, over the years. And so, I started my, you know, I interviewed my first person. Uh, I was 16 years old, uh, and I was the assistant manager of the neighborhood convenience store where I lived in Oklahoma, and. I remember the owner said, well, yeah, we got some, so we got some guys coming in. I want you to interview them. And I did my first interview in 1983. And so uh, I've been doing interviews for a super long time. And I think, uh, you know, uh, over the years, I've gotten pretty darn good at, at bucketing people's personalities and styles and, and putting them into what I think is probably a function that, that they will do well in or a style or a culture that they'll do well in. I've gotten really good at that over the years. And that's just from interviewing thousands, 
hiring and, and firing hundreds and, and managing many, many people at all levels, I've gotten pretty good at finding the right person to put in the right job. And that's what makes us different, Bob, too, is, you know, so many of these recruiting firms, and, not, and if I get passionate on this part, I, I apologize, but so many of these recruiting firms, quite frankly, have recruiters with a pretty face that they slap on LinkedIn because those are going to get attention from, from people. But they've never, these recruiters have never been hiring managers. They've never been executives. They've never held any of these important positions that they're now recruiting for. And they're making decisions on people that should go through and be hired at companies. And I always think to myself, why in the heck would a CEO or a founder of a company that has built something from the ground up and spent millions of dollars and poured his lifeblood, why would he let a junior level recruiter that has no hiring experience make the decision for the bodies that go into his company? And so we always stress that. We say, look, you can hire those inexperienced people to find your candidates, or you can actually hire a former executive like yourself Mm -hmm. that knows you that can select the right candidates. And that's a big difference for us at Rider Flex. And so I don't know how it kind of went down a, a Well, no, a, a I was, I was thinking, answer, as you said, they, they only hire for a pretty face. And I'm thinking it, it happens all the time. So you have that problem. They say you know, we're working with you because you have a pretty face. I don't have that. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't have that problem. But, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's almost comical. I see these LinkedIn profiles of these recruiters, and they're all good-looking folks for a reason, right? Because we're all visually attracted in some way, and, and it makes a big difference because it's sales. But then you look at the profiles of some of these folks, and you're like, what in the world? Why would this person be qualified to make a good judgment on the right candidate. For the business owner that's listening, if you had one or two key pieces of advice, if they're stuck in the interview mill trying mm -hmm. to find good people, mm -hmm. what would you offer given all your years of, of doing interviews, you know, always is nevers? Um, well, the first thing I'd say is you need to hire RiderFlex. No, I'm just joking. Well, well that's the always. <laughs> that's the always. <laughs> no, I would say it's time, really. I, I think it takes so much time if you, if you really want to hire the right person, you need to invest time. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that time is the time to source and hunt, the time to screen the resumes coming in, the time to take them through several rounds of interviews. Most companies just don't, they don't do that because they don't have time. Mm -hmm. And they end up, and then they end up in this shotgun approach where they just, they're super desperate they're out of time, they barely have time to breathe, they hire the first person they meet because they just need the position filled. And so I would just encourage CEOs or companies to, to invest in a good recruiting firm that can help them. You know, the, the sad part is that, you know, the CEO or the CFO, they, they see the fee and they're like, oh, well, we'll just do that internally. We don't need to pay that fee. But they don't factor in that all of these people internally don't have time. That's not their skill set. And so now you got these people making shotgun decisions because they're frustrated, tired, and in a hurry. And if they would have invested those dollars, those dollars would have been saved by slower turnover and better talent that would help you know, make their company more profitable. I see it all the time. That feeds into one of the things we wanted to talk about is so the potential clients listening mm -hmm. and they're trying to frame a potential fee. Yeah, I know that, yes. that that's always a discussion. And, and how do you address that particular discussion? You know, our answer is, look, we have a premium service. 
and we're going to spend a lot of time finding you the right candidate. We're going to, first of all, we're going to spend a lot of time getting to know you. Then we're going to spend a lot of time getting to know the candidates, and we're going to match the right person. So it's a premium service. And our fee structure probably, uh, compared to what everybody else is doing in a, a high-level executive search firm, should probably be 30% of comp- compensation or higher based on the, the amount of time that we're spending on candidates. But we don't really have a certain number. Our fee matches the budget of our client, I think is the best way for me to say it. Um, if we want to do business with that client because we, we think they're good people and, and the CEO running it is a good person and we want to have a relationship with them long term, we'll figure out the number. And, and I don't, we don't go to a meeting saying, well, we have to have this. Mm-hmm. You know, we go to the meeting saying, let's talk about it. Here's what we provide. Here's what we think it's worth. Let's talk about what you can afford and let's see if we can figure it out. I know that's a kind of a gray answer, but I, I don't like to have a hard number because it really it depends on the engagement. Are we going to hire five people? Are we going to hire 50? Is it a one-time deal? Is it a client that could last and be there for a long time? Is it, for example, if Nike called us tomorrow, we'd probably do the engagement for free mm-hmm. to, because we need that client, meaning it all depends Sure. On what we're, you know, and we're since we're startup still uh, to a certain degree, because RiderFlex is the entity, even though I've been interviewing for 30 years, this entity and brand is still new. And so we will do certain things um, to make sure we're engaged with the right companies. Uh, and so the fee structure varies. Well, you know, if, in, in thinking about that for the folks that are listening, it says, geez, we need to reach out to you. What's the best way for folks to find you? First of all, RiderFlex.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, our website has everything about us on there that you could possibly want to know, including my direct email and our corporate phone number. And in fact, if they wanted to go deeper, um, my LinkedIn profile has my email and personal cell phone number right on my LinkedIn profile, which always I'm always fascinated by because when salespeople are calling to sell us something, they will call the corporate number or they'll email me saying, how do I get in contact with you? And I'm thinking to myself, if you were a good salesperson, you would have checked my LinkedIn profile because my personal sale is right there. <laughs> you know, and, and for folks out there, that's R-I-D-E-R Flex, F-L-E-X. Rider Flex, yep. Rider Flex, all one word, Rider Flex. And by the way, one of the things on our website that they can see, because we really, this is important for us, because we spend so much time getting to know the client and the, and the candidates, we really build a relationship with them. And when they go to the website on RiderFlex, they will see a reviews tab. And that reviews tab has all the reviews from C-level people on down, clients and candidates that have experienced RiderFlex saying what it's like to, to do business with us. I think on uh, Google, we have like, I think 28 five-star reviews in a matter of 15 months. Um, and it's all people saying, wow, I've been dealing with recruiters for a long time and most of them just aren't very good. <laughs> and, uh, and so when they go to the website anyway, they'll see that. They'll see our board members. They'll see our clients. They'll see our reviews. They'll even see our process on the website. We've had some people say, oh, my gosh, don't put your process on the website. Somebody will, somebody will steal your process. And I think that's funny. We, first of all, there's no secret sauce there, there is no secret, super patented algorithm formula for what we're doing. I have no problem putting the process right on the website. And the reason is, is because, Bob, the reality is most people aren't going to do it. Most people aren't going to do it. They just won't do it. And so I, don't, I have no problem saying this is what we're doing. Because I know you, Mary and Johnny, you're not going to do what we're doing, so I'm not worried about it. For, for example, 
we're right on the verge of signing a contract with a new client in New York. And we were on the phone with the CEO talking about the contract and the relationship, just starting to build the relationship. And we said, okay, well, listen, um, the next thing we're going to need to do is Steve's going Steve's to fly out to New York and, and meet your team and take you to dinner and stuff. And there was this long pause on the phone from the CEO. And he's, he, the CEO says, what do you mean? And, and we're like, no, we're going to come out and get to know you. He said, wow, I've never had any recruiter say that they wanted to do that before. And so um, we just believe that that kind of relationship leads to reviews, referrals, recommendations, and that's how we've built RiderFlex. People ask us, wow, you've, you 30 clients and 60 positions in 15 months. That's because we do a really good job and we get the reviews and the referrals that take us to the next client. Because I and I and I think that's how you should build the business. We haven't spent a hardly a, we haven't spent a dime on marketing. It's all been grassroots marketing of word of mouth and just do a good job. And wrapping up that piece about the process, this is what I say about the process too. You know, I walk them through what I explained to you all ago the 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 phone, the video rounds, and how we do all that. But really, the overarching thing is. We just do a really good job. Like we just work really hard. We communicate really well. We do what we say what we're going to do. We follow up very thoroughly and we present great candidates. And when I tell people that, they're always like, oh, that's so basic. Like, well, doesn't everybody do that? No, everybody doesn't do that. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's a foot in front of the other approach and it's a process. Yep. Yeah. If you And if you, if you follow a, a decent process, it doesn't have to be scientific and secret. Just have a process and do a really good job. And we don't, by the way, I want to mention this too, while I have a chance, we're not big on testing. Um, you know, some companies love all these, they want candidates to fill out a survey and add, do a questionnaire because, and I've done them all, you know, all of them, you know, I've done them all in my career. And I don't, I don't want to mention them on here because I don't want to slam any specific one, but I, I just don't, I just don't believe in them. I, and I always say, if you want a survey to tell you what candidate you should hire, then you don't need me. You don't need me. Uh, just have them do the survey and you can make your hire. And I, I really have a hard time with, you know, we live in this tech world where everybody's trying to create an app or an algorithm to make decisions for people. And we're the total opposite. I, I don't use testing. We visit with the candidate over video interview. And then sometimes if they're local, we'll, we'll meet them in person. Um, we just did a, a, CLA, or a CFO position recently in Denver and I met the candidates in person. And so you we're big on getting to know the person through human to human contact, not some BS survey that's going to kick out some sort of algorithm that says what you should do. There's value in the know, like, and trust from that human interaction. There and, really you know, is. And I think about all the years of experience, you know, and, and I think there's wisdom from experience. You go, I've seen big this time. movie before. Big time. Exactly. Yes. 